Are you looking to extend your faith in God? You're in the right place. This is a biblical and practical approach to God's words. Welcome to Be the Gospel with your host, Anthony T. Jarena. Hello, this is Anthony with Be the Gospel, and we are starting chapter two of Heal the Sick by Brother Teal Osborne. And so I hope you really enjoyed the first chapter, really barely beginning to even break the ground of the depth of the things we're going to be covering. And I'm hoping to share some testimonies with you of some of the things that really stand out in chapter two. Chapter two, again, it's kind of like an overview, right, of what we're going to be getting into. All these chapters that are so full and action packed, full of God's goodness, his, his truth, his justice and his mercy. Okay, so chapter two is called Healing for All. And it is still the will of, is it still the will of God as in the past to heal all who have need of healing? See, he, he makes these, Brother Osborne makes these claims, but he never goes in and like substantiates these claims, right? So in the, what he's referring to, I believe, is in chapter one with the three million people healed. See, because as everyone looked at the bronze serpent, they were healed. As many that looked were instantly healed. So when we when we see that, we can see that it was God's will to heal them. We can look through the book of Deuteronomy and we can see the blessing and curses, right? And even further on in Deuteronomy, it says that God will take sickness away from you. This is the blessing of God. It's who he is. He, he desires to heal, not to bring sickness. He doesn't bring sickness, but that he heals, okay? And so this is very important for you to understand. So is it still God's will to heal all today that need of he- that need healing is basically the question he's proposing. So let's look at the second one, uh, the second part here. It says the greatest barrier to the trust of many seeking healing in our day is the uncertainty in their minds as it being the will of God to heal all. And this is the crux of it all. This is what culminates the problem with so many believers today is they don't truly believe that it's God's will to heal all. They might ha- they might believe it's God's will to heal some. It, it might they might believe that it's it's God's will to heal a few even. But to heal all? How is that even possible? God healing every single being a disease and sickness and weakness and and everything that's really what they're having to really put together and begin to understand is that God heals all and it's so amazing so amazing right so nearly everyone knows that God does heal some but there is much in modern theology that prevents people from knowing what the Bible clearly teaches. And this is why we have to go back to the Bible, not to people's opinions, not to people's experiences. You can't elevate those things over and against what God's word says, that healing is provided for all. Okay, so let's look at the next section. It says, it is impossible to boldly proclaim by trust a blessing which we are not sure God offers. So if you're not sure that God is even offering it, then you can never take hold of it. You can never grab hold of that that promise of healing if you don't believe that God has it for you, that he's even, he's even offered it to you, right? It says, because the blessing of God can be claimed only where the will of God is known, trusted, and acted upon. Because if you truly believe, if, if, okay, if you truly trust that God has made a promise and that he is 
faithful to fulfill his promise to you, then you're able to act upon that promise and see it fulfilled. Read the will. If we wish to know what is in a person's will, we must read the will. If we want to know God's will on any subject, we read his will, right? Suppose a lady came, um, suppose a lady would say, my husband who is very rich has passed away. I wish I knew whether he left me anything in his will. I would say to her, why don't, why do you not read his will and see? A testament means a person's will. The Bible contains God's last will and testament in which he bequeaths to us all the blessings of redemption. Since it is his last will and testament, anything later is a forgery. If healing is in God's will for us, then to say that God is not willing to heal all, as his will clearly uh, st is states so clearly, would be to change the will and not after the death of the testator. God is not, uh, Jesus is not only the testator who died, but he was resurrected and is also the mediator of the will. He is our advocate. He will not beat us out of our inheritance as some earthly advocates might do. He is our representative at the right hand of God. There's no better way to know the will of God than by reading the Gospels, which record the teachings and the works of Jesus or of Christ. Jesus was the physical expression of the Father's will. And I would say Jesus is the physical expression of the Father's will, right? His life was both a, re a revelation and a manifestation of the unchanging love and will of God. He acted out the will of God for us. So something very interesting is if we go back to Hebrews, we find exactly what Brother Osborne is saying here, that Jesus, he gave us a new testament by his own blood because the blood had to be spilled in order to ratify the new covenant, the, the new testament, the new will, right? And so he's explaining out in very simple terms what Jesus accomplished and what he did. And so it's it's really good to see what... Um, Jesus did in very simple, straightforward terms that allows you to wrap your, your understanding about what Jesus did. That So he didn't just create this, this will and then die and, and then leave. No, no. He created this New Testament and he's the one who oversees that everyone is getting exactly what has been left behind. And he didn't leave us scraps. He left us everything that's in Christ Jesus. He left us everything that is in himself. And it's absolutely amazing. See, this is what we need to get into. This is what we need to, to dive into and see what it says. So just a little nugget for you. If you go back and you see when does a person's will go into effect, and it will tell you after the death of the testator. So technically, most of the gospels are considered Old Testament. They're giving the time when Jesus was living and fulfilling the old covenant, the, the, the old prophecy or the prophecies and everything about him. He was fulfilling them right up into his death. And then it's like about two chapters in from the back of, of every gospel is when the New Testament starts. So don't just let New Testament, Old Testament divides confuse you. Go back and see exactly what scripture is referring to and how it applies. So let's move on to the next section. <clears throat> a faith destroying phase, uh, phrase, sorry. <laughs> a trust destroying phrase. When Jesus laid his hands on every one of them and healed them, he was revealing and doing the will of God for all people. So yes, again, he makes this claim, right? And so in a little bit, we'll see exactly where he substantiates this claim because we see it in Hebrew, I mean, sorry, in Luke 4, 4. 
which we're going to read a little later on. So we'll get there in, in due time. But let's just continue in the sequence, which he has already laid out here in the book. So let's start with Hebrews 10, 7. Lo, I come to do your will, O God. So the, it's referring to Jesus, that Jesus came to do the perfect will of God, right? Uh, John 6, 38. I come down. I came down from heaven, not to do my own will, but the will of him that sent me. So this was the heart. This was the mind. This is the, the very mindset that Jesus possessed to do the will of God in everything he did. So everything Jesus did for needy humanity during his earthly ministry was a direct revelation of the perfect will of God for the human race. F.F. Bosworth says this in his book, Christ the Healer. Perhaps no one could be more conservative than the scholars of the Episcopalian Church. Yet the commission appointed to study the subject of spiritual healing for the body after three years of study and research in both the Bible and in history reported back to the church, the healing of Jesus was done as a revelation of God's will for humanity. Powerful, very powerful, right? It says, because they discovered that his will is fully revealed, sorry, is fully revealed, they reported further, no longer can the church pray for the sick with the trust-destroying phrase, if it be your will. Mr. Bosworth goes on to say, the message taught in the Gospels is one of complete healing for spirit and body. For all who come to him, all who will come to him, uh, for all who will come to him, sorry, phrase that as a question, blah, 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 right? <laughs> and so it says, if it is not for everyone, then how can we ever pray the prayer of trust? So we can see that it's for everyone, that it God meant it for everyone. Because if it's not for everyone, then we could never pray with certainty, with absolute trust, that the person that we're praying for is going to be healed. And so among all these all those who sought healing from Christ during his earthly ministry. There's only one who prayed with the uh, prayed for healing with these words, if it be your will. This was an outcast leper in Mark 140 who did not know what Christ's will was for healing in healing. Right. So here you have this leper that comes to Jesus. He, he has no idea what in the world Jesus is going to respond or how he's going to respond or what he's going to say or if he's going to cast him out and shun him like everyone else in society does. They run away from the lepers. They yell at him. They scream at him. They have to stay a distance from the people. They don't want to get contaminated. They don't want to get the leprosy themselves. So there was these protocols. There was these certain things that you could and could not do. And this is what he wasn't aware of. He wasn't aware of how he was going to be treated, right? So the uncertainty cor corrected. So the first thing Jesus did was to correct this uncertainty by assuring, assuring him, I will. It is no longer if it be your will, it is God's will. The leper said, if you will, you can. And Jesus answered, I will. Let that settle it forever with you. God will heal the sick. If he wills to heal one, he wills to heal all. He is not willing any should perish. All right. So here's the thing. He is not willing that any should perish. So he doesn't, he doesn't desire that any should perish of sin. He should not, he doesn't desire that you perish of sickness. And we will see that more when we look at Isaiah 53, because Isaiah 53 puts it all together and it's so good. So good. So good. So James asks, is any sick among you? Any includes you if you're sick. So he's not excluding you. Jesus, God is being inclusive. 
And he's saying any. So that's everyone. Absolutely everyone. Of those who were bitten by the fiery serpent, the Bible says as many as looked to the brazen serpent lived. Even now, as, as many look to Christ as Redeemer are saved, are healed. When it comes to the benefit of Christ's redemption, redemptive work, all are on the equal basis. We all need a Savior. We all need Jesus. We all need Jesus to make us perfect and reconcile us back to the Father, restore us to a right relationship with God. The words, however, uh, whoever and whoever will are always used to invite the unconverted to be saved, right? So here he begins to talk about absolute words, words that are absolute, everyone, all, no, yes. You know, it, notice maybe is not here. Notice Jesus says, maybe today is your day. He never says that. God never says that. He says, be hot or or cold. Don't be lukewarm, right? So he wants you absolutely one way or absolutely another way. He doesn't want you in the middle. And so there's no middle ground. There's no gray area with God. So he's saying, hey, you're either hot or you're cold. You're either black or you're white. But whatever you choose, be that thing is what he's saying, right? So in this, it's, it's referring to the words whoever and whoever will and how they're always used for the unconverted. But look, it continues. The words as many as everyone, all, and any are used to invite the sick and the, the disease to be healed. See, so if we go through scriptures, you will find this to be the case 100% of the time. He's saying all, whosoever, any, everyone. So healing is for everyone. I'm telling you, this is exciting. So the universal invitation, the next section, it says both invitations are always universal and the results are always positively promised. Shall be saved, shall have life, shall recover, shall raise them up, healed them all. And as many as touched him were healed. Sometimes parents show favoritism among their children, but God does not. Sorry to break it to you for the people who think that God has favorites. He doesn't. He treats everyone the same. He makes it to rain on the just and the unjust all the same, right? When we meet the same conditions, we reap the same results. When we do our part, God is faithful to do his part. The benefits redemption are, redemption are for you. If God healed all then, he still heals all, that is, all that come to him for healing. Hebrews 13, 8, Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever, and he lives in you. So he's the same today in you, right? Matthew 12, 15, great multitudes followed him and he healed them all. And then we have Matthew 14, 36, as many as touched him were made perfectly whole. And then we have Luke 6, 19, the whole multitude sought to touch him and he healed them all. So here again, it says over and over that he healed absolutely everyone. He healed them all. And all means all in Greek and Hebrew, whatever, right? So here it's saying specifically using absolute words that Jesus heals all and he never changes. So it says, when the evening came, they brought to him many that were possessed with devils and he cast out the spirits with his word and healed all that were sick that, he, that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken by Isaiah the prophet saying, 
himself took our uh, infirmities and bore our sicknesses. So this is referring to Matthew chapter 8, right? And it says, Christ is still healing the sick in order to fulfill the prophet's words. Himself took our infirmities and bore our sicknesses, which is diseases. Remember, always remember, you are included in the hour of Matthew 8, 17. And God is bound by his covenant to continue to heal all who are sick and weak in order to fulfill Isaiah's words. So it's not something that God just spoke once and then just stayed there. It's something that he's continually fulfilling. He watches over this word and he's continually fulfilling it in our lives today. And here it says in Psalms 89, 34, my covenant will I not break nor alter the thing which has gone out of my lips. So here he's saying, I will not change what I promised. I'm not going to change what I've told you is going to happen. And so we, here we have Luke 440. Remember, I told you about this one. When the sun was setting, all they that had any sick with various, uh, all they that had any sick with various diseases brought them to him. And he laid his hands on every one of them and healed them. So here it clearly says he laid hands on everyone and that he healed them, that they were all healed. Clearly says it. Amazing. Amazing. So healing was for all in those days and Christ the healer has never changed. So before we go into this next section, which is healing is for all and should be preached to all. Um, let me give you some testimonies of, of some of the things I I've experienced. So reading this, it really brings up the importance that God places on relationship. See, because what we look for a lot of times is formulas. If I can get the formula, I can just plug in the factors into this formula, then everything else will work out perfectly. And then I will have the secrets. I will have unlimited power. I will see everyone healed. No, it's it's not true because healing is not a thing. Healing is a person, Jesus Christ. See, healing is a relationship with Jesus. So even though you might know the end result, the path that he takes you to get there can differ, can take you in different directions. You could go into unexpected, uncomfortable situations and it's beautiful beautiful as long as you continue to rely on him through these situations because only he knows the answer for example i got invited to go preach at a baptist church okay so you understand right we we have an understanding of baptist churches especially preaching on the baptism of the holy spirit so i get there and i ask god god what do you want me to preach on because the pastor he just left it open even though i knew that he was insinuating that he wanted me to teach on healing so I was like, God, okay, what do you want me to share on? And God tells me, baptism of the Holy Spirit. And I'm like, no, God, no, no, I don't want to do it. <laughs> and he's like, well, you asked me. I said, yes, I did. That was the courteous thing to do, right? I know what the pastor wants. And I started rationalizing to myself and, and telling God, well, God, I could just, you know, cover a little bit of the manual, go over a couple chapters. I could do this. I, could, I think I could really do this and, and it come out okay. And uh, I go, but I'm not here for me. I'm not here for me. I'm here for you. What, what do you want me to say? And he says, baptism of the Holy Spirit. And I'm like, no, they're going to hang me by my toenails from the rafters. You know, <laughs> they're going to they're going to basically beat me and persecute me just for for even going in this direction. And God's like, this is what I want. So I said, OK. So I went up and I preached on the baptism of the Holy Spirit. The entire church 
receives the baptism of the Holy Spirit. We lay hands on every single one of them, our team does, and they receive the Holy Spirit. And at the very end, we find out that God healed every single person as the Holy Spirit moved into them. He healed their bodies and it completely shocked the pastors. So healing is for all and should be preached to all. Philip preached Christ at Samaria, and the people with one accord gave heed to those things which Philip spoke, hearing and seeing the miracles which he did. For unclean spirits, crying with a loud voice, came out of many that were possessed with them, and many with uh, palsies and that were lame were healed. And there was great joy in, the, in that city. This is Acts 8, 6-9. Jesus proved to be the exact same when Philip told the people about him. Peter preached Christ to the cripple, to the multitude, uh, to Anania, all were healed. Jesus was the same for Peter. Whoever and whenever Christ Jesus is proclaimed as our sacrifice for sin and sickness, physical healing is all, as well as spiritual salvation will result. Paul preached Christ, and there was a certain man at Lystra, impotent in his feet, being crippled from his mother's womb, who had never walked, the same heard Paul speaking, who steadfastly beholding him and perceiving that he had faith to or trust to be healed, said with a loud voice, stand up on your feet. And he leapt and walked. Acts 14, 8 through 10. Paul must have preached the gospel of healing because the lame man received faith or trust to be healed while listening to, to Paul's message. So I wouldn't say that he was preaching the 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 gospel of healing but he, he was preaching about the character and the nature of God the goodness of God and as we see the character and nature of God the goodness of God we see it in Jesus Christ and it's easy to trust him it inspires and instills this trust that we can't help but expect what God's going to do right just like I didn't know what's going to happen in this Baptist church I just knew that God was going to heal people and I didn't know how he was going to connect the dots but when I realized how he was connecting the dots, I never would have thought of that. I never would have thought that as the Spirit of God moved into people, he moved all the junk, all the mess out of their lives and made them healed and whole in that moment that it was a testament to them that they have the seal of God, that the Spirit of God has moved into them and he is their guarantee that they are now part of the kingdom of the Son. Right? Because everything I just said, I'm quoting scripture to you. <laughs> You're going to have to go back and research and look for yourself. So it's amazing, amazing stuff, right? And so the, this method works, right? Wherever healing is taught is God's provision for, for all. Trust is always imparted and the people are always healed. This method never fails. Trust cannot fail. But trust cannot be exercised when one is undecided as to whether or not God will heal all. And so this statement right here is so crucial. It's so key because many people say, well, I don't see everyone healed. How come you see everyone healed? You must have a gift. You must have a, a supernatural ability to trust God. No, I don't. I've just gone back to his word. I've looked at his word. I've studied his word. I've poured over his word countless hours digging into what his word says about himself, about his accomplishments, about his character, about who his what his nature is is naturally and how everything flows out of Jesus. And I take that and I grab hold of it. And I don't let any situation, person, thing, 
anything move me from that point because I stand on his word and his word alone. If he will not heal all, then we are forced to consider in every case, I wonder if God will heal this one or is it or this or or is this one of those unfortunate ones whom God wills to remain sick and to suffer? How could we ever pray the prayer of trust with such uncertainty in our minds? Think about it. It's a perfect question. A perfect question. How could we ever pray the, the prayer of trust, of absolute trust in God with the uncertainty of maybe it's not this one. Maybe, maybe God wants to teach this one something. You never find any of these scriptures anywhere that say this. But what's being taught in the church, what is being portrayed as biblical doctrine in the church, it, it's not even in the Bible. So let this uh, settle... Let this be a settled fact. <laughs> it is God's will to heal you. You have the right to healing as well as forgiveness when you believe, when you trust in him. God said, I'm the Lord who heals you. If God said this, God cannot lie. He meant it. What God says is true. So healing is yours. Healing is part of the gospel and should be preached throughout all the world to every creature, to the ends of the world. Being part of the gospel, divine blessing of physical healing is for all. And so that's just the end of the chapter. And I just want you to know that um, if, you, if you're enjoying this, if this is helping you, please support us. Um, I'm currently working on some major projects, one of them being updating our God is Healer manual. And in this manual, I've gone through and I've, I'm including all my work. I'm including the investigations, the, the, the deep research that I've gone through, looking at every verse of Jesus healing everyone in the, new, in, in the Gospels. And I overlay them together so that they're in harmony. And I make it kind of like a movie, like it's switching from different cameras. And you can read from the different Gospels because I have it color-coded. And you can read what actually happened in that scene from four different points of view. And I think it's amazing because it gives unprecedented, unprecedented clarity of what God is saying through Jesus Christ and, and what what He's doing. And and in this, also in this manual, I mean, it, it it's taking lots and lots of hours. We've already spent over about um, three to the five hundred hours, easy, easy. Uh, just going through editing, changing words, changing, making sure concepts and ideas are clear. And we're, we, we are only over a hundred pages, right? And it's a lot. We're about 120 pages right now. And I haven't included the sacred cows yet. I haven't included, you know, different testimonies and stuff that God's telling me to put in. Even today, he was saying, you need to make sure you add this. I'm like, okay, okay. So as we're doing this, you know, any support that you, you give is a huge help. It's a huge blessing for us because once we launch this book, A God is Healer, um, we're going to launch it publicly on, on Amazon and on Kindle. Uh, you could be able to get the hard copy or you can get the digital version. I want everyone to share it with their friends, share, you know, everything, the concepts, the principles, all these things that God has taught me and our team over the last three years, the principles that have made us so effective in 19 nations around the world. I'm telling you, you're going to love it. It's going to rock your world. It's going to challenge you. And as you go through and you study these things out for yourself, you're going to see exactly what I saw, that God heals 100% of the time. And it's humbling. It's, it's so humbling. 
I used to think, oh, I'm gonna get so full of pride and everything. And when it started happening, I cried. Our team has cried countless hours just before God and just thanking him. It makes you feel so un unworthy, right? And so one of the times I just finished, we just finished ministering and I walk out of the building and I'm just crying before God. And I'm like, God, I, I don't deserve this. I didn't pray enough. I didn't fast enough. I didn't study enough. I didn't do anything enough. And he rebukes me and tells me such, such an amazing father, gentle father. He goes, you're exactly right. You did nothing to deserve this. But my son, Jesus, did everything. And he deserves the reward of his suffering. And I felt so dumb. I was like, yes, yes, absolutely. You're completely correct. And I began to realize it's not about my prayer. It's not about what I say. It's not about what I do. It's about Jesus. It's about him in me doing the work. And so it's about it's not about what you know in your mind. It's about who you know that lives in your heart and he abides there and he wants to manifest to the world around you who he is. I just want to encourage you, go to our website, bethegospel.com. Check it out. Get involved. Um, you can also go to our YouTube channel. You'll see a lot of videos and pictures and well, their videos and testimonies and teachings and stuff. Also, you can go to our Facebook page, Be The Gospel Today. And if, there, you can see it from our, our main homepage now. And you can see videos, you can see uh, pictures, you can see different testimonies. There's all the things that we've been doing um, and what God's had us do and, and go through and, and everything else. So if you would like to stay updated, please sign up for our newsletter. And we'll be sending a newsletter out once a month and just sharing with you what, what what's being accomplished, what God's doing, the direction he's taking us. And we just finished our fast. And we know that God's going to be doing some great things this year. We're very excited. And we look forward to sharing these things with you. God bless you. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of Be The Gospel with your host, Anthony T. Jarina. For more great content and to stay up to date, visit BeTheGospel.com and on Facebook at Be The Gospel Today. If you enjoyed today's episode, please leave a review and subscribe, and we'll catch you next time on Be The Gospel.